0: to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about the 3-7 Glow. I am so thankful to have Brighton and Evan Ayers, sticking it out with me. You'll hear our funny story about that in a bit, but I'm so happy to have them share all about their 3-7 Jet Set pairing with double assertive stance pairing. And I love how vulnerable they are with us with how they work out the kinks in their marriage, how they have found a way to get to process trauma together very creatively, and how they're doing as parents and what they've had to learn. So they're so vulnerable with us. It's so fun, too, because it's a listener-based show. And you know I put it out there a long time ago. If you have a glow hearing that you can share with us, and they are awesome. So Brighton is an architecture student and a mama. And we also have Evan as a three with his own podcast. And he's worked with addiction and has a psychology background. So they have a great chemistry together, but also with those they're helping. And as a young couple, some of that is still unknown. And you're probably relating if you're a young couple listening that you're not quite sure everything that's ahead. And even us couples in the older years are not there yet, either. We're like, I don't know exactly what's ahead. But what's fun is that they're in it together and that they're stabilizing over the years and really allowing themselves to heal through their trauma work and through just their life in general as they settle in together. So love it. And I want to let you know before we head into their pairing convo, I am so grateful for all of you who took part in our addiction surveys over this past week. I think it was probably my biggest survey ever in terms of just volunteering. I know I ran out of the highlights as far as as I only was able to store 100 respondents, but if you get a chance to go to the Enneagram and Marriage Instagram, you can definitely check out there. What are the various types talking about struggling with? It was a confidential thing of course but it was just neat to be able to say to each other we're not alone and as you'll hear Evan say that too just about life and trauma in general it's always nice to hear that to get a glimpse into another family couple individuals stress and to be able to walk together to say we're all healing together we're all on this journey and I'm just so grateful for that so i also want to say super quick that I hope you're invested and ready to get over to the Enneagram and Coffee Summit if you are looking for more, in general, lots of different Enneagram training from a lot of different teachers. If you've said, wait, which are going to be my favorite? I know that was something that really helped me a few years ago to look and to see how different people teach and you get a snapshot of each one and so I'm grateful to be sharing about the glow there but you can check that out at Enneagram and Coffee on her Instagram Sarah Jane Case or you can head on over to the show notes for this and I have a link there so otherwise in our family news Wes had a blast over the weekend he got to ride motorcycles and just live it up with family of origin and I got to have girls weekend where we totally binged on this is us And Wes took my son and we're always titrating of like our smallville nights with our son. And we're just, we're just always kind of like extremes. Like we're not the four, eight couple pairing in terms of what's seen sometimes as the feminine archetype and the masculine archetype, but there is a lot of that going on at the same time. So as much as we were all like missing each other and excited for our family trip, it was a real joy. Some of you are like this, some of you aren't, but sometimes it's fun for us to take a little weekend with just guys or just girls to really bond in a way in our family in a different way where I can teach different lessons and some of the things I can say, oh, this is something that isn't really healthy. You can watch that character kind of spiral down and and let's hope that we can learn with compassion from this and... And then this coming weekend, we have friends coming that we've been friends with for 20 years and they are probably celebrating, I didn't even ask them yet, their 20-year anniversary because they have a week away from their six kids they homeschool. And it's funny because she was an architecture student and our young guest today, Brighton's an architecture student, and you just never know what's going to happen over these years, as I know my friend Elisa can say because now she's the director of a Classical Conversations homeschool group on a farm in Arizona with six kids. So, never know but i also can't wait to see my friends because they know me in the old days before i was in my five zone and they know the crazy fun Krista and I think that I'm just expecting they're going to bring it out a little bit and that we're going to do the same for them because even after you have all your kids you're like I still need those moments I do and I still love my kid moments where we're just laughing it up with ice cream and we're watching their shows and we're going to their events but there's just nothing like hanging with the people who knew you before you had kids and just it's going to be so fun so don't forget to try to fit sparkling times like that into your life too it's been fun to have them to look forward to when you know you have friends from all over the country and then you don't get to live near each other. There's just something precious about getting to reconnect. So after COVID and we're, we're in that ish after season, it's so nice to be able to travel more openly. And I hope you are getting to do that little by little, depending on what country and city you live in. Maybe there's even some great flight prices still. I don't know if they've hiked up completely yet. We're turning the lemons into lemonade, right? But this is actually just already lemonade. I was just enjoying a marriage book, and I shared a little bit about it last time. I'm so grateful for the Unwanted book by Jay Stringer, and he was reminding us to schedule a lot of fun things in your life, too, as you're working on getting through those addictions and not only building the emotional connections up together, but also scheduling a few fun things a month just to enjoy nature and beauty and that side of Eros, too. But we'll talk about that soon when he's on the podcast here. By the way, and it's not really a by the way because it's been taking up mucho of my time. I am so thankful and excited for the Enneagram and Marriage Certification Course. We are on the move. We have tons of information we're sharing and I love my group of 12 people plus two staff members taking part in this class with me and we are going into the depths. So I'm super thankful because as you know, we need all kinds of people working with Enneagram in Relationships and we are going to these deep levels. So if you are with me, one of these people listening, thank you for going to the depths with me we are going to continue to have a blast as we already have started and do more case studies together and I already have had a three say she's booking me out for next year on this class and I'm like oh my gosh like you can't do that to a seven but I already know it's going to be a blast to redo this class because it's it's, I won't be able to let go of it, just like this podcast. Some things really stick, just like Enneagram sticks. So that's something that I've been thankful about here. And we're excited that we could share today and learn about one more glow pairing. And we're pairing down on our glow pairings, but I'm titrating them with other episodes too. So let's take a look at the 3-7 Glow Right Now Jet Set. Okay. I am so excited to have you guys here. Brighton and Evan Ayers. Thank you so much for coming to the Enneagram and Marriage podcast.
1: Thank you for having us. I'm so excited in natural seven,
0: you know,
2: seven fashion. fashion yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much. We were really excited to be on.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm just like beaming because this is a listener show. Now, Evan has his own podcast and I can't wait to tell you about what he's doing. But I also want to laughingly say my seven showed up with this couple because they were waiting for me and I had a tech glitch. And they, I thought they didn't show up because I was a seven who was like, oh, I can't trust people. So they were like writing me and I was seeing like, oh no, after the tech glitch cleared, like they were right there where they were supposed to be. So thank you guys for your extra patience.
1: Sure. Yeah, no
0: problem.
2: Yeah, Just gotta take it in stride, right?
0: Yes. Now we get to talk today about the three, seven glow. So I can't wait to hear how you guys met. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you guys met.
1: Yeah. We're from Utah born and raised. Both of us, we Mm -hmm. met and I'm doing air quotes in high school Mm -hmm. and, and we were in the same friend group kind of, Mm -hmm. and I was dating his best friend. He was dating somebody else. So we were just like, Oh, we're acquaintances, you know, whatever. Yeah, had of interactions before, but I never, I never thought that I would. It was just so weird.
2: Yeah, she says that almost every morning. It's funny. Like <laughs> I never thought I would have ended up with you. It's a real confidence boost for
1: me. <laughs> well, it's funny because his friend was like, "Hey," at one point, he's like, "Are you like attracted to Evan?" I was like, "No, he's not my type."
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! Are oh. you kidding me? Yeah.
2: yeah, so it, it was it was kind of a journey. Um, and like, I guess without getting like to like sit down by the fire. Let's just um, go over the, the big talking points of it is like we after I graduated high school mm-hmm. um, and I, I was
1: still in high school. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so I I left, you know, kind of our area, Utah County, I moved up to Salt Lake for um, to go to the University of Utah. And I had basically that relationship end, which was kind of catastrophic for me. Um,
1: it was a long relationship.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and for me, like, I think a part of this is like three-minded in terms of like the ego of wanting to preserve something like outwardly. Mm-hmm. Like I can make this work, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like that was an aspect. So that was a little bit, a little bit, that was quite a bit difficult for me. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And then,
2: you know, call it fate. Uh, I ended up pulling out my phone. I, I remember it very clearly. I was pacing around my room. I was like, I really need to like get out of my room, get out of my head. I need to be away. Um, so a little bit escapist, but uh, I, I had Brighton's phone number in my phone. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that we've ever actually found out why I had her phone number.
1: Yeah, I think it was because I wanted something for Chris for his birthday. And you were going to help me do that at one point.
2: Oh, yeah. So, like, but years had gone by since we had. Wow. wow. So I literally out of nowhere texted her and I was like, hey, how's it going? Uh, Do you want to go on a date sometime? Yeah,
1: well, and then cut to me. I just got off a family vacation. I am now, what, I'm 17
2: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
1: just started my senior year of high school. It's like October. And I'm like, um, hi.
0: <gasps> <laughs> so you're like, you're already dating somebody. What are you talking about going <laughs> on? You are already starting to really crush on her. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it, it was an interesting transition that I don't think we as Brighton said at the top, like, don't think we could have predicted it. It's hard, you know, in in mm-hmm. reflection, it's like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But when you're in it, you're like, whoa, how, how is this happening? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it, what was really impactful to me, like, what meant a lot was just Brighton's, like, willingness to have a conversation and, like, be open and honest. We, like, by our third date, I think, we were having conversations that were, like, pretty deep not typical third date oh what what's your favorite football team you know
1: well our first date we talked about Uh how your parents were divorced and how my aunt was divorced and just how like we just talked about it and it was so easy to talk to him and I was so surprised I was like wow like Evan's always been like around. I never knew mm-hmm. we could be this good of friends. I kept using that word. I'm like, this is just a friend date and I did this for like 4
2: months.
0: Oh wow. wow. Oh my gosh. So you were best friends
2: first. Yeah. Yeah. Brighton was um leaning into non-commitment because she mm-hmm. didn't know what the future held. But...
1: Oh, it was definitely flirty friends, that's for sure. <laughs> um,
0: oh. But
2: yeah, I uh, I was I got invested. Pretty quickly. Yeah.
0: Mm, Yes. And I do hear you that that's so three is you guys are heart people. So you were in right away and you, you were heartbroken. And now you said, let me find somebody that I can potentially love. And it seems like you really started to just that journey started to happen with Brighton. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. It was hard for me because I, you know, I do kind of, even though as a three on the surface level feeling repressed, it was like, it was crazy how she just subverted my walls. I
1: got in there. Yeah, she's was like, curious. <laughs> oh, <No. laughs>
2: yeah. So she just kind of she totally just like whip right around like <laughs> just right to the, the heart of it. <sighs> and that I think what's really like is what really spoke to me.
1: And, and I'd like to point wow. out too. I was in a like I was in a really healthy. I was really in my five space. I guess I'll say I was really mm. into my studies, just really trying to figure out what mattered because I was in my senior year. I'm like, what's mm-hmm. this all for, mm-hmm. you know, getting kind of like existential and mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. I was in my five space. So it was really yeah. nice. And I was like, Hey, let's just, I really wanted to get to know who he was. Cause I was just so curious yes. me to just really, well, one, I wasn't being committed, but I was like, Hey, this is just a friend thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but then I started having these feelings and yes. you want to hold your hand and you want to kiss. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is getting yeah. too complicated. It was like too yeah. much. For for you
0: on on telling him that, on noticing your own feelings as a seven, slowing down just a bit, even though you got into his heart quickly, you had these morals that said, I have to make sure I'm really here if I'm really here. And I think a lot of sevens don't do that. So that's good for listeners to hear that that's a really wise move. And I'm sure you really appreciated that, Evan.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. (laughs) I'm
1: surprised he stuck it out because he was like, oh, really? You're not going to hold my hand? Okay. I guess I'll just say it's what I
2: needed. Like Mm. in terms of just not letting it be like a rebound, right? Like that was one thing. We wanted to just make sure, like, oh, this like this isn't just oh, I was sad, oh, I was lonely, we're both, you know, single right now.
1: Mm -hmm. Might as well do
2: this. So yeah, it was that unhealthy part of me definitely sought that, Mm -hmm. but I think Brighton really kept that in check and like was keeping it. She was balancing out my emotional aspect with the thoughtful aspect of like, well, let's let's, think about this. Yeah, let's think about this. Let's learn about each other. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's really cool. I love that you guys were balanced together. And then when did it start where you started to say, I think he's the one?
1: Well, he wasn't really into the church at that time. So I was like, look, I'm going to lay out what I want. Cause I'm going to get right to it. And I was also, this is me like harnessing my eight side. I was like, I'm going to be straightforward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want this to get complicated. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, here's the deal. This mm-hmm. and this and this. I want you to be honest with me because I'll know if you're lying. <laughs> wow. I just like laid it out and he was like, uh, okay. So I just really wanted to take it slow. Cause mm-hmm. there was a lot that we didn't match up on, but a lot that we were really just perfect for each other on if that makes sense
2: yeah uh-huh. there were a, lot of, a lot of essential boxes checked
1: mm-hmm. yeah, but then a
2: few that were like question marks for a little yeah. while and I
1: mm-hmm.
2: I guess it's also worth saying that like one thing because Brighton kind of jokingly said I'm surprised you stuck around I I am a three-wing four mm-hmm. and I think that just that aspect of me that feels like the only or the other or misunderstood Mm-hmm. the fact that brighton was able to like pay attention to that part of me mm-hmm. was very i think a big part of that opening up and ultimately what cuz it wasn't like the you know oh yeah of course like i'll you know i'll do whatever you want as long as we can like stay together mm-hmm. it was much more like she was like oh no take take this journey with me
1: yeah well cuz mm-hmm. i was also asking you questions like basically asking who are you cuz i was so curious and wanting to see if this You know where this could go. And Mm -hmm. by by asking you those questions, I think it gave you time to reflect and think about what you really wanted and who you wanted to be.
0: Oh, that's really (laughs) cool. That it wasn't a rebound for him. It gave him time. And then you had time to slowly, like the runaway bride seven, you don't want to (laughs) commit anyway that quick. And so you're hanging on to maybe even false. Feelings about somebody mm-hmm. else in order not to commit. So, this is complex. So, yeah. but it eventually happened that his forewing and his heart, you got in there and it became yeah. a safe place for both of you.
1: Yeah. He, so I guess to answer your original question, it took about like, I don't know, three and a half months before I was like, whoa, like just surprised at how much I was feeling for him, even though there were things still left unresolved. And we dated for a year and a half before we got engaged. And it was very, turbulent but also really good in some ways and mm.
2: there was and not to just like again we're not sitting by the campfire right we have other stuff right. to talk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no this but, is great i love the campfire
2: <laughs> <laughs> but i think what you know the turbulence that we were able to overcome really did come from that foundation and that stayed true even to today i'll, I'll bring up that i just felt i've never felt like we were on opposite sides i've never felt like we weren't together like yeah maybe we're upset maybe we're you know we've got hurt feelings um that all happens right it's a relationship it's not easy Mm -hmm. but I've never felt like this is unachievable or we can't get through this or that we're
1: or that I was judging you for being or thinking what you did or whatever
2: yeah Mm -hmm. there's never been like a oh you're attacking me we're on different teams and I think a lot of that came from that foundational work of like Brighton's discovery on like you know, who, who are you really, you know, past this facade of like, cause she says all the time in high school, like, she thought I was a punk. She thought I was just this like cocky <laughs> kind of. Well, like, just like
1: aloof, didn't care.
2: Yeah, like the funny mm. guy. But okay. yeah, so she, like, her ability to, to get past that, I think, is a big reason why we had such a strong foundation through, I mean, up till now and yeah. for the foreseeable future. Well,
1: was my willingness to accept something different. Hmm. And, and then we started, we were really good friends. And then you started to become the person that, like, I could talk to anything about because you were already on the, like, other side of, um, like, we could just have really good conversations about God. And mm. so we had really good conversations about morality and all that. And mm. we just, I really leaned on him because...
0: Mm. Um, So yeah, these are big things, you know, the divergence of faith for a while. So you had some big things to clear up. And I think a lot of listeners can relate to that, that with two powerful personalities, there's going to be some opposites and Mm -hmm. there's going to have to be some leaning in. And like you said, really saying he's already made it through the other side of this wall. So I think I love him. And I think he's worth pursuing now. And then at the same time, it sounds like you, Evan, were saying, you know, I really do want to get more serious uh, about my faith and morality. And that is fascinating.
1: Yeah. And one of my favorite parts of our story is just that one time we were talking about God and I just said, look, because he was on the fence. He was like, I don't, he believed there was a God, but he just wasn't sure. Like, that's all fine. I just know that like, I feel so much how much like God loves you and loves me and I know it. And I just want you to know it. And like, we were crying and he was like, oh, you
0: mm-hmm.
1: needed to hear
0: that. That's beautiful. And I just, hey, well, that makes me that you guys yeah, found that's faith that's so together. Cool. I am so happy that you guys ended up together and you have such a beautiful, fun, additional story. If you don't mind me asking that I thought was oh, yeah. so cool when you shared about the picture you found.
2: It was kind of just this funny, random uh that Brighton and I were at her parents house and we were like
1: we had only been dating for I mean quote dating
2: probably like five six months
1: yeah maybe five months
2: and we were like, let's make dinner, you know, it's getting late, we're hungry. And I was, we decided we were going to make rice. Make rice. <laughs> so we go downstairs. <laughs> where,
1: where the rice cooker is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to tell him? No, you go.
2: <laughs> so we go down in the basement, we're like, where's the rice cooker? And I was like, oh, here it is. I pick it up. Brighton's like, oh, look at, you know, look at, we've got family pictures over here. And like, look at baby me. And <laughs> she shows me this picture from her preschool class. And... I was like, that kid next to you looks so familiar. That's the weirdest thing. And I'm like, I think that might be me. And she's like, what, what are you talking about? This is my, this is this my is preschool. My picture of the-
0: You're supposed to be looking at how cute I am. <laughs> oh my
2: and gosh! And all I can see is myself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no.
2: But yeah i was like this is the strangest thing so i ended up snapping a picture and sending it to my mom and my mom's like yeah that's you like that was your preschool like what the heck so we
0: oh my gosh (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. i just love that we were right next to each other and i've got this (laughs) silly little grin
0: I love that too. I'm definitely going to share that. If you guys can look at our Instagram this week, you will see. I have the picture there because it is so adorable. They sent it to me. And he looks like a total three. He's in his classic gear. He looks like the coolest boy in the classroom. And then she has the biggest grin on her face. <laughs> Just so cute. I love it.
2: Yeah, it's pretty great.
0: Yeah. So you spent time together already. <laughs> so no wonder yeah. he felt safe to you. I love that. Well,
1: and at that point, I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Like all of it started to feel so uh, like unstoppable and kind of divine, which I think was important. Yeah. You know, think that yeah.
0: Well, being such a big pairing, you guys are the three, seven jet set. Tell me about what that's like for you guys as two big personalities. And you mentioned that with kids, you really had to lay that out on the table. So tell uh, us about your kids too. Yeah, they...
1: So postpartum, I was surprised with my first, with our first daughter, Alice, I was crying so much. I just felt so much love. It was so overwhelming. Anytime I feel an immense amount of joy, I cry Mm. Um, because usually I'm joyful anyway, not crying, but when I feel it so immensely, I cry. And so I just, I postpartum for a while, I just felt so, so grateful for her, but I think I was also experiencing a lot of postpartum anxiety and depression that I didn't, that I was basically ignoring
0: Oh and, yeah,
1: and so what was grounding about having a child was just how grateful I felt to have and to be blessed with such an innocent, beautiful person that was their own person, and just that I got to hold her and she was so precious. And mm-hmm. now that I have our, we have our second. I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling different in a good way. I think I had postpartum depression. I had no idea. I think I was totally ignoring it. And in a lot of ways, it's a lot better. And in some ways it still lingers. I'm still grateful, but it's not so overwhelming this gratitude because I'm used to it still, but like in a good way, Um, Mm. I love being present with her and their smallness and I just have so much joy in my children. So that's been Mm. like a true joy as a seven that I've gotten. Mm.
0: It's big stuff. You've had three and seven personalities. So how did you guys learn to work together?
1: Talking, (laughs) just talking and getting to know each other.
2: Yeah, it can be tough at times because we're both big dreamers.
1: Mm -hmm. but
2: I think when that happens like as independent parties when it comes back together it it can be a challenge because
1: I want mm -hmm. this and you want that we've already thought it out we've already planned for it but it's not the same end result basically
2: yeah they can't they can't perfectly coexist right like it's yeah you can't
0: compromise
2: Yeah.
1: And it's really easy for me as a seven to be like, okay, well then you just go over there and I'll go over here and we'll do our own thing.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's probably not content to do that. So that's good that he's yeah, sometimes, but as a heart person, he's probably a little quicker sometimes. And it can be different males and females too. So yeah. How does that work? Who usually pulls and pursues? And obviously we all know we try to balance, but like if there was one person who can pursue a little bit easier, do you think it's the three or the seven in this relationship?
2: It's a good question. What
0: do
1: you think? Uh, it depends on how much I wanted him to participate in this thing. Mm.
0: Okay. So you'll <laughs> you know, pull if it's meaningful.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, you and I know like a sevens, we want people to experience this thing with us. I don't mm. always want to do it alone. Mm. And mm. when, the, and I'm fine. Like if he doesn't want to participate, it's, it's sometimes okay. And sometimes I'm like, no, I want you in this with me because it feels like a part of me and I yeah. want you to be here and see it.
0: Yes. So when it's really high up on the list, I have a nine, seven couple friend who uses this strategy and they kind of rank like this is a nine out of 10 for me, babe. So Mm -hmm. I hear you saying that you guys do that strategy and that that really works for you. Of course, nothing's perfect, but generally, is that how you see it too, Evan, that if she's really got something super vital, she'll pull in the same for you?
2: Yeah, I'd say so it's been interesting over the years that we've been married learning what fills our tanks or fills Mm. our buckets, I guess, because that's a really good book. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I think like being a three being self-prez I do like place a high priority on my own rigorous, like self-achievement, self-improvement, like that, that's a really big drive for me. And that on the independent side, that definitely fills my bucket. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes one place that has been
1: not contentious
2: contentious or conflict, but like a point of like a pain point Mm -hmm. would be like that. If I don't feel like I have that, then, you know, I can be. And he can't give
1: me time basically. Yeah.
2: Then it's harder to show up. So, Mm -hmm. so that has definitely been like, it's presented with its own challenges.
1: Because sometimes I can still be a very unhealthy. (laughs) We'll just say that because when sometimes I'm like, I'm being abandoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you so, can be dramatic and say, yes. you know, with that assertive aggressive stance say, "Oh my gosh, like you're take this is too much for me. I can't handle this." Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's hard for me because it's like, yeah. also as an assertive type, it's like, well, well I don't no, care. I need I to this. like, <laughs> you know, we need healthy differentiation. Mm. Like we just listened to a podcast about that a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Mm. And I think that, for example, has helped a lot is recognizing like, okay, what's differentiation? What's being selfish.
1: Right. And
2: I think mm-hmm. we both have those moments mm-hmm. and now that we can put names to it as well, I yeah. think that helps. But I also... I was just going to say is like a last thought for me, mm-hmm. as far as when I'm pulling, it's when I've really built like a vision. And the classic example of this is when you we were dating. You have to sell it to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I do have to sell it. But mm-hmm. when we were dating, for example, I think we'd only been dating like eight months.
1: Mm-hmm. And For
2: whatever reason, <laughs> I was online yeah. and I saw it, like Finland, like the country. Like, well, because
1: we talked about, I'm like, oh, I love Scandinavian countries. This was like a previous conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I, and I, I like go in and I go crazy. I was like, yeah, Finland, let's do it. Like, let's make this happen. I had, (laughs) I was like, if we leave here, this is how much our flights will be. This is how much we need to save up between now and then. Mm -hmm. And, and Brighton was like, Well, this is funny uh,
1: because as a seven, like I usually would have been like, oh, heck yeah. But I was in stress here and I was like, no, (laughs) yeah, my parents don't like you. This is going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. No.
2: that's when I go into like my, that three space of like, okay, yeah, I really need to like pretty this up. I I just haven't
1: sold it well enough yet. Yeah. (laughs) I can get get
2: that way too. It's like, well, if I say it like this, if I pitch it like this, that's when I really start to pull is when I've kind of built out that vision in my mind.
0: Okay. So you will, when you built up the vision and you didn't know she was in her seven space flitting from one thing to the next And you guys have probably heard on podcast. People say, you know, if a seven doesn't stick, like, don't get your hopes up. If a seven has a new idea, because they might just be bouncing it around and it might not last. And so that was trial and error for him. And then I think Brighton saying it's trial and error for her to see, he puts his heart into it and he makes it happen. So don't be calling out dreams unless you're really willing to say this one is not a real dream and this is just for fun or to do that differentiation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was definitely shocked to me because my whole life I'd been dreaming, dreaming, dreaming. And then all of a sudden this person's like, let's do it. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, hold on, wait a minute. It can happen. Whoa. Like Aww. I just like thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, but
0: sevens don't take themselves seriously enough. So no. when they're not healthy. So here he was saying, let's let's put some legs on this. Let's do this.
2: Yeah. And that it's oh. funny because that's shown itself in our, in our marriage too. And, and something that I've had to grow to understand because Brighton. When we were f-
1: like our first year of marriage, yeah, she was like, I why was... do you change your mind so much? I'm like, I'm not changing my mind. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. I mean, classic examples were like, I'd come home from work one day mm-hmm. or we both come home from work and mm-hmm. Brighton would be like. I think I'm going to be, like, an online author and, like, write articles online. Like, there's this website. I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? She's like, yeah, no, I think I could do this. Like, if I quit the job and, like, I think I can make this much a week. I was like, what? What is happening right now? Aren't you going to school? Aren't we doing this and that? And I just didn't realize, like, she needs that space to, like, think it through. And then I think my role comes in at the end where we, like, Talk reality at the end. Yes.
1: Yeah, if you ever want to get me to stop thinking about an idea, you need to get me to talk about logistics. And I'll be like, wait, never mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why. And I'm looking at your globe pairing right now of jet set with the luggage. And I'm thinking of, you know, it's not going to be Finland. It's just <laughs> yeah. not. But you're going to go somewhere. But first she has to realize it's going to have to be well thought out. And she's going to have to really want it if she's going to be willing to put the work in. Um, And then I love this, Evan, that you're like, I want to make your dreams come true. I have a huge heart, but be here in it with me. Don't dance away. Don't flit away. Be present. And that's something that you guys both struggle with as a three and a seven, I would imagine. But what I also loved hearing was that you've been really focusing in on doing some inner work so that you can have a great legacy and a great life together. So tell me a little bit about your EMDR work and how that's helped you guys because you mentioned that and I think that's really beautiful that well I'll let you share a little bit about it there's a really cool part i noticed
1: we both have trauma from our childhood mm-hmm.
2: and i'll just jump in and say everyone does <laughs> so, oh, sure, sure sure
1: yes exactly um, but but ours was significant enough to affect how i handled my emotions and to affect how he like saw himself handling my emotions
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and just my own perception. Of myself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was just, I would just totally shut down and not know what to do and he wouldn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And cause I didn't, I was like, Oh yeah, we're really good when we're good. But when we're like in this negative space, I just want to be by myself, but I also don't want to be alone. And it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing AMDR was very vulnerable for me. And I was like, look, I just thought this through. I was like, if I am going to start feeling things, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to have to talk it over by the time I get back from therapy. I don't want to have to talk about it again.
2: Yeah. So
1: if I have him sit in, mm-hmm. then that seemed like a best case scenario for me.
0: <clears throat> Interesting. Because
1: he gets to see it all. And then I don't have to talk about it. Like, I mean, I'm talking about it, but I don't have to like relive it. Relive it. Or, like, get him to try to understand because he's already seeing it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, yeah. that was really smart because that's a small, short amount of time. It has a beginning and an end, Mm -hmm. and then you can go away and and yet he was part of it. Did you like that too, Evan? Or was that hard to sit through that?
2: I do enjoy it. And I think because I'm a big, I mean, coming from my psychology background, I'm like such mm-hmm. a proponent of, of mental health and mental health care. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone should mm-hmm. have therapy. Mm-hmm. But, but it was, I guess what was really cool, I guess, just to give a little pretext for how we ended up um, with our current therapist, we had tried um, some like basic couples counseling mm-hmm. um, prior Mm-hmm. Just to kind of deal with uh, recurring themes that we'd noticed, uh, John Gottman talks about this a lot in in terms of like, what are, what are permanent, like arguments and oh, what right. are resolvable right. arguments?
0: Yes. I love that concept.
2: Um, and we, like, we just realized like we were running into, you know, certain situations, certain feelings, like so often we were like, we need better tools to handle this. So we had tried couples counseling, which was kind of, it was student, it was basically student, um, like graduate students, uh, mm-hmm. at Brigham Young University and it was cheap. So we were able to go and we did a bunch of sessions, but I think what was different is it was, it was CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, the efficacy is so high and like, it really does a good job for a certain clientele right? Mm-hmm. Like a woman who really needs better thought patterns and better like behaviors and more accountability towards yeah. something. And but, I'll
1: just say this, I didn't like mm-hmm. it because I was already always in my head and mm-hmm. I'm already always trying to, oh, I just need to think better. I just need to think my feelings away. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't really work for me.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that was kind of the, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't worthless, but no. it, it didn't yeah. solve kind of these recurring issues that that, um, that we were trying to address. And that's why um, moving forward, I I'd ended up talking to one of my um, professors who you know I was able to get vulnerable with because uh, her class was basically, <laughs> it wasn't so much as a class, so much as like, a, I'm here for you guys. <laughs> she mm-hmm. was uh, so great. Um, and uh, for our final, <laughs> it was really mm-hmm. cool. We basically just had an online interview of like, what'd you think of the class? And like, how are you? Like, how are mm-hmm. you really? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, wow, I really need this. And so, oh. you know, I ended up letting myself be vulnerable and and she ended up getting us a contact for our current therapist. And And mm. what's been so impactful and so important, I think, is just a couple of things like the addressing of responsibility. That's a big thing in EMDR is like, the, your thought patterns, your behavior patterns, yeah, you're you're choosing to do them and it doesn't shirk like responsibility, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of, uh, there's a level of like, well, you don't know better. This is what you've been modeled. This is what happened to you. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to admit these things, yeah. even though they're difficult, mm-hmm. but this is exactly how it correlates when you guys get in this argument over and over again. Yeah. and And that for me, being able to see it in real time, like right. in doing these sessions and and being able to truly process mm-hmm. was so so pivotal I think
0: for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Oh wow. So that just really drew you guys together a lot more.
1: I feel like we can trust one another. Then that's when real growth happens, and that's exactly what I feel like has happened with him sitting in in the EMDR because I can trust him with my feelings because he's seeing them. Yeah. Um, and it just feels really good because i know that i get in this really really self-critical space and that's partly trauma and like the stress and all of this but it's like no you just need to keep this in this is all your fault versus the amdr is like like you said like no this was modeled for you mm. and you need to see that you the part of this it's not always your fault fo- your fault essentially
2: so mm, yeah wow. the other thing as a three that's been again like something i need not necessarily something i want as we were going in i was kind of thinking like oh we're going to be doing this hand in hand like we're going to work on you and then we're going to work on me and then as we've gone through sessions and talked to our therapist and realized this doesn't <laughs> even even from my knowledge of therapy and emdr it's like that really hit home it's like oh no this doesn't just happen like in a couple sessions and little you and little of that so mm-hmm. being able to step back and kind of just let Brighton do her work and Mm -hmm. not be the the center of attention. (laughs) Okay. This is what's going on for your wife. And you can, you can, be right next to her, like, not take a back seat, but you can observe for right now. Like, it doesn't have to be your over-involvement. Because mm-hmm. that's that's one of the biggest things, I think, like, my threeness comes out, especially mm-hmm. in conflict. I can fix it. I can do that. Like, mm-hmm. tell me what to, I could like, action, action, action. Yeah. Instead of Like, well, no, sit and be and watch and
1: learn. And that was hard for me too as a seven because usually I would welcome that, but I could feel something inside of me saying that's not going to help. And it would get so frustrating. Mm -hmm. I would also really just want to move on and fix it, but I was still feeling these things and didn't know how to deal with it. And it was frustrating. And Mm -hmm. I'll just say like, as a a seven, the way I saw my trauma, it was that you are always going to have to help yourself. And that was really hurtful. And so <sighs> to know that he can be loyal to me by seeing the pain mm-hmm. helps me in my own trauma and knowing like, oh, there sometimes, sometimes you can rely on people and I'm just like learning that and it's scary. And mm-hmm. sometimes it, it, I told this to my therapist. I'm like, it feels like I'm touch. you're asking me to touch fire.
0: Like, Ooh, that's it, a good analogy.
1: It's hot. Don't like it. Scary.
0: Yeah. It
1: hurts, but it's also warm. Like, you know, it's like when you're really cold and all of a sudden you get in a really warm bath and it's too warm.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a great analogy. Uh.
1: I'm I'm acclimating to letting myself feel Mm
2: -hmm. pain
1: and letting him see it and trusting that's the important thing, trusting that he's gonna be there for me essentially
0: wow that is huge and i love that and do you want that for her Evan that she can trust that you'll be there
2: oh yeah absolutely i mean that was mm-hmm. that's been just such like this overarching theme in our relationship and specifically our marriage of just like you know not to just peel back all of brighton's <laughs> uh, no, difficulties okay. <laughs> and, and you know young trauma but it's like that's that was what was modeled her entire life is like, Oh, when things get really hard, no one's going to stay there for you. Mm -hmm. And so that's been like, like it's presented its own challenges and difficulties for me, you know, obviously in, in conflict, there can be mixed signals, but Mm -hmm. just knowing like, like, even, even if it feels so hard, it's like just being able to sit, there and be there
1: mm-hmm. and
2: not, you know, don't have to fix it right now. We don't have to have like a whole conversation right now. It's like just my presence and letting Brighton know, like I'm, I'm here. That's, that's yes. something I really yeah. wanted.
1: And that's something I've really yeah. loved to embrace about the Enneagram is when he, I know he goes to six in his growth and he, mm-hmm. I mean he doesn't know too much about this, but I like, he gets into his loyalist space oh, and yeah. that's really helpful for me.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That really helps you to know that he's here and he's not going anywhere. And I think that's a really hidden gem about most threes. It's that they are very loyal. Uh, It takes a lot to move them from that space. I mean, nobody will stay loyal to everything when there's complete dysfunction, but there's a lot of grace that threes give. And, um, of course the word coming to mind is stay because that's the word you really wanted to hear. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's this fun parallel because even though you're jet setting, you want to do it together. It's Mm got to be together. It's not going to work with these two big types. So I love that you guys have shared that with us. And I want to just also let you know that I'm so happy that you guys are changing the world together, that you are using your huge dreams to not only have children, but getting out there and seeing how can we best use our gifts and take care of our family. There's not a better way to balance than that. And like you said, with both having had trauma, like everybody, you're saying, how can their ceiling be our floor, so that we can take the next step of health together. So that's where your therapy and your EMDR and brilliant for doing this together. So I love hearing that. Um, where can people find you if they are looking to have a new fun podcast from a three? Because I've been, like I said, I got to enjoy that myself.
2: Yeah. So um, just this past year, I started a podcast. It's been a little bit. Uh, solo and then a little bit interview but it's called the effectually active podcast and you can find it pretty much anywhere you enjoy and consume your podcasts um Mm -hmm. apple podcasts stitcher spotify Spotify, all the big ones and we also i say we it's me (laughs) the (laughs) royal we we, and youtube yeah thank you it's been great
0: oh good okay I hoped you loved getting a peek into the 3-7 pairing and I hope you'll tell us if you can relate and I've also been loving hearing people say, rest assured I am learning from couples that are not my pairing I love getting that peek in and that's how I am too so that's been a joy for me to hear. If you want to hear more from Evan, he has so many practical tips over at effectuallyactive.com but even more so on his podcast by the same name so I hope you guys have an amazing week and I hope you're enjoying the start to your summer things are thawing out all over the world enjoy i will talk to you soon